everyone, and welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K drama, we watch it two episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we're doing our bonus episode of Alchemy of Souls, parts one and two. And we're just going to talk about bonus stuff, just things, um, hot takes, maybe. Oh, yeah. If if we have any fun facts, we'll talk. Really, it's just a good time to just like wrap it up, put everything on the table. Vibe and chill and get everything Alchemy of Souls related out of our systems. Yes. What a show. What a show. Um, Here, I have like a little bit of a hot take. It's not even a really well thought out, fleshed out, solid take. So <laughs> I probably can't call it that. Spicy. Yeah, but I, well, what I want to start off with just like addressing the fact that the main actress changed after the first <laughs> season, <laughs> and it was expected. It, it's how this show goes. I loved both actresses in the role; they were both amazing, but. I don't know how to feel about it. So it's not really a hot take so much as a, I feel conflicted. Can we talk about it? Can we put that on the table? That's fair. It feels like the hot take is they didn't need to change actor actresses for the second season. Yeah. I don't know if we want to go that hard because like you said, they were both so good. They both brought a lot to the story and... Having most of the second season be about people not knowing she was Naksu was like kind of a huge plot point. So they did need to change her face, but it felt a little extra. I feel ya. Yeah. Yeah. Like there had to be that mystery. So I get it. But also, it's weird because it's like when it started, they were like, she'll look more and more like Naksu as she recovers her memories. And it was like, no, she looks completely like Naksu right now. <laughs> she <laughs> like is Naksu. And then it's that same thing with like the rhetoric switching that I've brought up 800 times of all of a sudden it was like, no, just kidding. Buyan is taking over. <laughs> that There will be no more Naksu. This is Buyan's body. This is Buyan's soul consuming Naksu's energy. Actually, it's Solran's soul. <laughs> Yeah, Did actually, you know <laughs> surprise. They should have just made it a, thir- a secret third f- actress that was <laughs> that looked like Solran. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would have been clever. Nope, it would not have fit. I don't know. <laughs> the, yeah, the show did the most in a lot of ways. And um, that was kind of a weird one. It did, when I was Googling the show, it did come up as one of the most commonly asked questions is, why did they switch actresses? Nobody had an answer. Yeah. Well, and yeah, it's not like it was due to some controversy where they're like, oh, scheduling conflicts or, oh, you know, so-and-so has to go. It was written into the show to change actresses. It's just so conflicting because then it just feels like this actress that did such an amazing job, just had to like pass off the role to someone who also did an amazing job, but it felt like I didn't fully understand. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah, I think you're coming from a place where you are a huge fan of the original actress, Jung So Min. Yes, I do love her. I really, really love her. And so it was kind of hard to, I, I guess there was a part of me that thought that 
she would come back in not not like as her own role or something, but more than just flashbacks. I thought that there would be something somehow where maybe like the soul of Buyan would resemble her instead of child Buyan. They did. They got a secret third actress to play play another person in this same body. Um, But yeah, I think that there was a part of me that thought, you know, okay, she's no longer in that role, but this whole thing is people switching souls, souls hopping back and forth. So we're sad, but she's still here. She's still part of the show. She's, you know, showing up and giving advice as Buyan to Naksu, or she's, you know, having a conversation with Master Lee somehow in some way. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I see that. I don't think I missed her as much. I think they did a good job of explaining why she wasn't there. And again, I was really convinced by their explanation of like, she can't be around. People hate her. Everybody hates her and everybody recognizes her. So she has to be a different woman now. So it was easier for me to be like, it sucks. Because like you said, the the first actor, Jung So Min, did such a good job, but I see why we've got a new face. I get it. <laughs> yeah, I did too. It's just sad. Uh, <laughs> I want to know, the only fun fact that I found out was the ages between the the three, the two actor actresses and the main actor. So, Mudok Buyan and Jung Uk. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the only fun fact that I found out because people in the comments in the forums were pretty unanimously team Buyeon and Jang Uk. So Lee Jae Wook was Jang Uk and Ko Yoong Jung. And those two, she's two years older than him. Okay. But Jung So Min, who played Mu Dok, she's nine years older than him. That's very surprising. I read an interview with him that was, I I just kind of skimmed through it, and he did refer to the actress who plays um, Mudok, whose name we've said a million times and I'm a huge (laughs) fan of, but I don't... Jung So Min. Jung So Min. He he refers to her as Sunday, and he refers to the other actress as Nuna in the interview. Ah, Yeah, and everyone in the comments in the forums was like, the relationship in part one seemed a lot colder, whereas Mm -hmm. there was a lot more chemistry in season two, and I didn't agree. Like, I get where they're coming from, like, maybe there was more of that behind the scenes, but I don't know. I feel like the relationship to me felt different because the character of Buyan was so different from Mudok. Like, she as a person was so much warmer, but I didn't feel like that added a huge amount to their romantic chemistry for me. I really liked the relationship in season one and how it was that, like, slow blossom. Yes, and I agree with you in that, like, yeah, it's just a different... I don't know, it's a different person. I guess, to me, I'm like, okay, are they reading chemistry as how wholeheartedly she's throwing herself into it? Because she does as Buyan, because 
she is getting some, I don't know, like, she has less reservations. She was not raised under the same assassin label after watching her family be murdered. And so yeah, she throws herself into the romance way more wholeheartedly in the second season. But I agree that I liked the slow burn romance of the first season a lot. And she immediately when she recovers her memories, she becomes that same, like we talked about how much she resembled and her mannerisms and the way she talked resembled Mudok and and the Naksu that we knew from season one and how much more reserved she became in the way that she approached Jung-uk and, and the whole relationship. And she even pulled completely back and she was like, okay, actually I'm out <laughs> and uh, I to, in order to protect you or whatever, I'm going to die anyway. So she was very much just as... I guess, cold, but I didn't read it as cold just so much as she's a reserved person, but that's who Jung fell in love with originally. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was an interesting, like, especially knowing their ages added a layer to the perspective, but at the end of the day, it didn't change my opinion where I think season one quite intentionally had a more mature, more reserved relationship and season two had like a slightly more innocent, slightly more fun relationship. And I don't think, I guess I don't think one was better than the other. I liked them both very differently. But yeah, I thought it was interesting that everyone online was like, I don't know, he might have just been a little more like reserved because his co-star was so much older than him. I was like, I don't know. He's a professional man. I felt it. I felt it between them. Yeah. Yeah. I, by the time they were fully in a relationship, I shipped it. I was like, yeah. Um, do I feel an insane amount of chemistry between her and the crown prince as well? Of course <laughs> I do. Of course I do. I feel an insane <laughs> amount of chemistry between everyone and the crown prince. Yeah. yeah no him and John Hooker in love. Yeah. He's, <laughs> He makes a chemical reaction with everyone he comes in contact with. That's that's just him, okay? <laughs> but yes, there's chemistry in in the romantic relationships, and I liked it. I thought they yeah. did a really good job. I thought so too. Except the uh, Jin Mu or not Jin Mu, uh, Park Jin and <laughs> Maid Kim. I just did. It was fine. I was fine. I'm not still mad necessarily. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> like if we're calling out all the romantic relationships, eh? Same with Dongun, Jin Choyun, Jin Choyun, hundred percent. Yeah. Again, whatever. It was there. It happened. I couldn't stop it. I was so validated. There was one comment that I found online that was like, "There's a little too much romance in this for me." I was like, "That's come on, come on board." <laughs> Hot take. Oh, same. Hot take. <laughs> too much romance. Too much romance. They needed to really pull back on how many love triangles they set up. They really needed to pull back on how many characters they felt needed to have a relationship at the end. We're in the middle? Like, I don't know, just like have a relationship at the beginning, middle, and end. That's fine. But why do we need to go through the rocky parts of everybody's relationships all at the same time, all the time? Yeah, and why does it have to be every character has some form of romance requited or otherwise? 
they I feel like they cleaned that up a lot in part two with the crown prince. Yeah. They, I didn't they trust them too. <laughs> <laughs> I was very distrustful until episode fully episode probably seven. Fair. It's a valid critique. It's a it's valid to be wary for that long. They really gave us no trust to work with, but they did us good. They did us good in season two. Yeah. Oh, how do you feel about the show overall? Like, was it the groundbreaking epic that you had hoped for? Was it something that you will remember forever? Or was it like, this was another fun, good K-drama? I think that this was probably my favorite high fantasy K-drama we've watched. And we haven't watched a ton, but I, um, well, yeah, I... I'm trying to decide how much I'm classifying Goblin as high fantasy versus like modern fantasy. I feel like that's more modern fantasy. That's fair. But I guess if I classify that as modern fantasy, then this might be the only high fantasy. Because I was thinking, <laughs> I was comparing maybe like Hueyugi that also has a lot of really like m- lots of magic elements, but it does take place in modern times. Written by the same writers as this show, but yeah. not quite so much world building. Yeah, not as much world building. And then I also think of like Tale of the Nine-Tailed, which again takes place in modern times, but has a lot of fantasy elements in it. And then there's some stuff that has like more low-key fantasy elements that I definitely would not <laughs> classify as even like borderline high fantasy, but stuff like uh, anything with supernatural elements. And then um, also like Chicago typewriter, there's time travel, right? And same with like Signal, there's some element of time travel. Yeah, um, I was going like My Love from the Star or Legend of the Blue Sea, but those are more, there's like an alien and a mermaid, so I yeah. don't know. W, which w, is like... comic book characters. I, yeah. But yeah, I think this is the only high fantasy, like it's built its own world, its own magic system, its own people, and it is all completely original. Yeah. So, and in that sense, um, I really love it. I think I gushed about it very first episode that we recorded of the podcast that high fantasy is absolutely my jam and I really, really like high fantasy. So obviously, like my favorite high fantasy is the very classic Western high fantasy of like Lord of the Rings, right? But that's just kind of like the basis of most Western fantasy. And so I love high fantasy that does not follow that same roadmap, I guess, or just like system. Um, Because I I once heard someone describe fantasy as like, either you're standing on the mountain of Lord of the Rings, or you're standing far back away, like far back enough that you can see the mountain of Lord of the Rings. Like it's the basis somehow, like you can either see it, or if you can't see it, it's probably because you're standing on it, like you are in that world. And so I thought that was really interesting, but I like these types of fantasies. I think of like a lot of like East Asian based fantasies that don't feel like they have that same grounding. And I like that. I like that I can still connect with it and it still feels 
like mine, like it's I'm the target audience because I I get so excited about the magic systems and the world building. Um, so yeah, I think of like this and Avatar: The Last Airbender are like the two that immediately come to mind as like they are not directly pulling from like Western fantasy themes where there's like elves and shit. Um, and so in that sense, I'm obsessed with this. This will live in my mind. I do really, really love this. And I think it's a really good epic. And I loved the world building they did. And I loved the like the special effects magic, except that one bird. Um, <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> um, it's interesting, though, because even though I am the target audience for fantasy, and I love so much about the world building for this show and and it will live in my mind i don't think that it is among maybe like my top five favorites which feels very surprising since it ticks so many boxes for me but i do think it was because of like i mean it feels a little bit uncomfy to call people out, but we were doing it through the whole podcast anyway. I don't like a lot of the characterizations that they did for certain people, but I especially don't like that. <laughs> I've already made enough excuses in my head and heart and life for Lord of the Rings, not including like women in their storytelling. And like when they did, it's like you get one and this show did the exact same thing, but it was like, written in today's day and age and like they you know they like they saved it for a lot of the characters they pulled it back for lady Jin. they pulled it back for uh maid kim but at the end of the day we still really only got like like one female character that was like i don't know or three female characters that were all the same person that were like <laughs> badasses but even then they were constantly like undercutting her and like for the whole thing like i don't know she just like was always losing her powers right she was always losing her memory she she was uh, never quite you know like her full potential where we got to see like seo yul and jong-uk and um even like the crown prince in his own right and park dong-gu and like all of these other guys who like were in their full power at multiple points and yeah and just anyway. got better yeah and just got better and she was always like fighting for her place in the power system that's fair so that's where i'm at the most long-winded way to say it is that i really liked it but there was i think some missed opportunities that would have made it like my all-time favorite drama that's fair because yeah i like we're gonna sound like broken records but the female representation was pretty lackluster. We did have Jewel and Maid Kim mm -hmm. and Mudok. And that was kinda kind of it. <laughs> as far as like really cool, not problematic. And even Mudok, Naksu, Buyan was problematic in her own ways. Mm -hmm. So like kinda two unproblematic cool women. Yeah. <laughs> and, and one we fair. got to see every three episodes. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jewel was not even in season two. So yeah. she was there like two times to say like three sentences. No, yeah. I feel like it doesn't count that she was there if she didn't have a role. Like she was yeah. sometimes there, but as like a background character to just yeah. be like, what are those boys talking about? And you're like, no, that's not a line. That's yeah. not, that's the opposite of passing the Bechdel test. That's insane. Yeah. But yeah, I see your point. It's funny because I think 
There are so many Chinese dramas that are high fantasy, and I know there's a word for what they're called, but like if you go to Vicky, if you go to Rakuten Vicky, most of the Chinese dramas that are like popping off super popular are high fantasy epic dramas, and they look beautiful and amazing, but they all have a very specific style Mm -hmm. that is just never something that I've really given a chance so I can't say I'm not into it, but I've I've never tried it. So I don't know. I don't I don't think I'm into it, but the long wigs and the very flowy costumes and the constant use of the flying wires and just the <laughs> huge epic fight scenes and being 200 episodes long. Like these are stereotypes obviously, but I think they are characterizations of the genre that are are pretty common and we didn't see those in this so it's really cool to see this korean version of something that's very popular in china done in a very unique way like the costuming and the hairstyling was like this really cool mix of modern and historical korean and then like the set design the world design the magic system was all very It all seemed very original while blending like modern and historical Korea and I assume a lot of like common myths and legends of Korea. So I think in that way, it's like this almost like a piece of history to see this TV show being made where I'm like, this is the beginning. And I know we're just going to see really, really cool, even better high fantasy dramas coming out of Korea because the Hong sisters made Alchemy of Souls. Like it feels groundbreaking. And like you said, it's it's got its own flaws, but that just gives the next iterations so much to work with and just makes me so much more excited to see more of it. Yes, yeah. I love I did love that. And the um I'm glad you brought up the costuming and the set building and stuff because it's really beautiful. It's really, really beautiful. Oh my God, that bridge that they shot like half of the romance scenes on. Yes. I could stare at that forever. I want that as my background. Like you said, the like color changing background where it's like, here it is in the morning and here it is (laughs) in the afternoon. Here it is in the evening, right at sundown. Like I want that bridge. Oh, gotta make a a dynamic desktop. <laughs> yes, just of that bridge from Alchemy of Souls. It's all I want, guys. I love that. I really, really love that. Yeah, that is very cool to think about. It it was so much fun. Also, oh, before I forget, loved the fight scene choreography. Love. Oh my god. Love fight scene choreography, which is very very good but then it was a very solid mix of like okay there's magic so sometimes they all just fly back because they've been pushed by water or air or whatever but then they also like there's an application of weapons integrated with the magic which is very cool yes i don't think we mentioned it but i totally forgot in part two that park dungu i mean no offense, kind of forgot he was useful at all until they made him fight again. Forgot he was an archer. I was like, oh yes. my god, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, that 
it does something to my brain chemistry in such a good way because <laughs> um, archers were like, I don't know. I played a lot of The Legend of Zelda video games when I was a kid and then also uh, already referenced Lord of the Rings. And so, you know, like that archery fighting is like so good for my brain. I just get <laughs> so excited. I get so stoked. And yeah, when he came back in as an archer, I was like, yeah, yes, it's my boy. It's my golden retriever boy. This is what we wanted from you. No more romance, only fighting. <laughs> Go to war. Go to war, Park Dangu. <laughs> We're so happy for you. This is your peak time. <laughs> it was just, yeah, so good. The choreography was so, so good. And like you said earlier, mixed with the special effects, the CGI, like that and the sound effects and the music, like all working in tandem for every scene. Oh my God. Yeah. And I will always call back to what uh, we talked about with the first and the last episode of the, um, like the recreation of the first scene where there's like the recreation of Assassin Naksu fighting Park Jin, but then fast forward to Jungkook fighting the Firebird, and it's like a completely different, but also the same. Oh, and it was very cool. Everyone and who worked on this show deserves a raise. Yep, give them all a raise. Give them money. Netflix, looking Netflix, at you. Netflix, come here. Give them a raise. They deserve <laughs> it. Look at what they've built. Oh, it's so good. Sorry we railed against it the whole time. Yeah, we loved it. We just had notes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it was mostly about the female representation. So, like, if you just skip through those parts, you'll see how much we loved it, I think. Yeah, just every time we start talking about a female character, just know that we're probably going to rail for a little bit. And I guess skip forward. Now we're the problem. <laughs> <laughs> just skip to the go-on parts, Okay. Crumpets. Yeah. Those those are when you know we loved the show. Yeah, that's when we really our our love for this show shined through. <laughs> that's how we proved ourselves. Love him so much. I love him so much. <laughs> I forgot we had a birthday a day apart, and I'm seriously <laughs> I'm gonna leave my husband. Like I don't know what to do with my life except to go pursue this man. <laughs> He's so wonderful. He's so wonderful. His name is Shin Sung Ho, and I guess I'm going to marry him. <laughs> Sorry, Jace. Sorry. <laughs> we're fated. Like, <laughs> we were born a day apart. We were born a day apart. It's fate, okay? I can't fight it. <laughs> he's only been in like five shows, but he's already won an award and been nominated for Best Actor like twice. My guy. He deserves it. He deserves it. What Were either of his nominations for Alchemy of Souls, or has he been tearing it up in other things? Um, In other things. So he won... I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh. He won the Male Rising Star Award for Alchemy of Souls this year. 20, the year, yes, 2023 that we are still in. <laughs> but the award ceremony listed on Wikipedia is... The Brand Customer Loyalty Awards. That's why I laughed. Because <laughs> I don't know what that is. What, what does that mean? What does that mean? But the things that I did recognize, KBS Drama Awards, nominated for Best Actor in 
a short drama, How to Buy a Friend, and the Big Song Arts Awards. In 2022, he was nominated for Best New Actor on DP, which is a show I've actually heard of. Never seen it, but I've heard of DP. Nice. So he he he's tearing it up everywhere. He's tearing it up everywhere. Oh, he seems like a great guy. He was really into fitness and then got into modeling. I think he was a bodyguard for Red Velvet for a while. Whoa. That's super cool. And then I think one of his most recent dramas, he's acting with Irene from Red Velvet. So I hope that's Reunion. cute. <laughs> I hope those guys are vibing. We love a reunion story. We love it. I love him. He's great. I'm so excited that he's doing so well. And I'm so excited to see him on other things because I just imagine that with the trajectory of his career currently, we're going to be watching him in a bunch of dramas. And every right? time we're going to be so happy to see him. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy to see him. And I also, <sighs> this sounds psychotic. I feel very validated by his age. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, 28, what a good time to be in, like, your fifth drama. You're kind of just getting into more lead roles. Whereas freaking <sighs> Lee Jae-wook, <Yeah>. my boy, <laughs> my shining <laughs> <Get outta> star, <laughs> the most handsome, talented man, maybe in the whole universe, who's been acting forever and winning awards for forever. He played Jungkook in Alchemy of Souls, if you guys don't know who I'm talking about, because I gave no reference. <laughs> he was born in 1998, so like a child. So a like baby. right now he's a child actor. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm just so glad that I'm not the only one who does this. I'm not the <laughs> only one whose feelings get hurt by people being successful and younger than me. <laughs> it's never happened to me before, but it's so visceral. It is. It hurts so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> Why is he so little? <laughs> I think it's also shocking because, like, this coming from a person with a very long face, he has a long face, so I just assumed he was older. And they're like, no, yeah, no, no, he does. He's way he does. younger than you. <laughs> way younger. <laughs> <laughs> He's a couple years younger than you. He's way younger than me. He is significantly. He's he is 35 tiny, years younger than Raquel. <laughs> tiny baby. I'm 30 years old and he's 35 years younger than me. <laughs> so that's how baby he is. It's, yeah, it's just blowing my mind because I had an idea of how old he was. I thought he was older than me. My feelings are also very hurt by this, as usual. Like, they shouldn't be. It's just that I am 30 years old, and in, I, am I proud of my field of work? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm okay at it, and I'll take that. You get <laughs> this paid. Dude is, yeah, this dude has found his passion and is lauded in his field at an age much younger than me who does not have my life figured out remotely. <laughs> I mean, Jung So Min is older than you, if that helps. I'll take it. Who's that, Master Lee? No, she... No, yeah, that's the actress that I love. Yeah. I know. She's your favorite person and <laughs> yeah. she's also very, very accomplished and lauded and I'm sorry I shouldn't have brought it up. <laughs> it doesn't help to name her. <laughs> we need to find like an old but unsuccessful actor. But I feel like even then, I'd feel bad because I want them all to be successful. <laughs> well, 
I feel like we would count them as successful if they were like, hell yeah, I got into acting at 69 and got a background role on Alchemy of Souls. And it was dope as hell. It was super fun. Like, I would still be like, oh, you figured it out. You found your dream and you got, you started doing it. I'm so happy for you. Yeah. I'm so jealous. (laughs) What's that like? Can you give me advice on how to find things I like? Because I am not figuring it out so far by myself. (laughs) So far, I'm kind of sad all the time and the world seems to be getting worse. So how do you find happiness? (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And please don't tell me you have to be be 17 to start because that will crush me. (laughs) No, that's why we got to ask the old person who like just got their first acting role. It's like, I took my whole life to figure it out and it's awesome. I will wait for you here on the other side. Okay. <laughs> Might be a while. We'll be there. I hope we'll be there. Oh, speaking of which, I never, I forgot to bring this up. It's not a super like exciting fun fact, but I thought it was really cool to see in part two how many more background actors there were. Like the town was bumping in season mm-hmm. two. And I was like, that's just a sign to me that the show got a lot more budget. Like they got a higher budget for part two because they did so well in season one. And I just got happy for them. They deserve that. They do. Yeah. I like when a budget comes through. I also like that. um, Yeah. When something's (laughs) produced by Netflix and there's two parts, you get a little scared. And I'm, I like that even though the like pacing of a 10 episode second season felt surprising, like part of me was like, why not just make it a 30 episode one season or something, right? Or like, I don't know. Yeah, the pacing just felt very surprising. But doing it as a second season, looking back at it makes a lot of sense, both for that reason, where they can be like, great, we're coming back for a second season and our budget is different because we've proven ourselves. Uh, But then also the, I don't know, the time jump and all of the... (laughs) crazy deets that they dropped throughout the entire second season um in just 10 episodes in 10 episodes we added a whole new character to the to the one body uh-huh. <laughs> maybe two new characters to the one body yeah yeah technically two way too many yeah a million names like a million names <laughs> the woman of a million names we remembered all of them that's pretty impressive we, I don't remember. Oh, wait. What's the, what was her original name? It was like Cho Yun. I think it's Cho Yun, which is so close to Cho Yul. Oh. Or not Cho Yul, Cho, Cho Yun. So maybe it was Cho Yul. Uh-oh, so I don't maybe. remember all million names. Yeah, I don't remember all million you're names. You're right, I'm probably thinking of Jin Cho Yun. Oh, whoops. Or maybe it's Cho Young. I just remember it was very close to Cho Young. It's like probably in the Asian wiki, but I don't know, man. Yeah, who's to say? Not me. Not with me and my computer right here in front of me. Not <laughs> once, not never. <laughs> it doesn't matter. All that matters is that we got Naksu back, you know? Mm-hmm. What would you rate this drama? Oh, God, are we doing ratings already? Oh, no. We can wait. Do you have other stuff you want to go over? No, I don't. It just... <laughs> Wow, I should have thought this through. Okay, thinking it through now. Nine. Nine out of ten. 
I was gonna say eight out of ten. I what? why do I why am I like the Simon oh Cowell God, of this you show? Because <laughs> um, I was gonna but, be like maybe nine point five. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I don't mind bumping it up to a nine because it was really really it was a lot of fun. I I yeah, I don't know why I'm such a critic these days. I don't know why I come to the podcast and I say low bottom. <laughs> <laughs> It's hard because I still want people's respect so badly. So I'm like, <laughs> I also, I want you to know it's a nine, but with like big caveats, you guys. I did notice, <laughs> I did notice the problems, but uh, it was just such a groundbreaking show that I'm like, you deserve nine as a place in history. <sighs> but I get you. Oh, we can do eight point yeah. five if you want. Let's do 8.5. I feel an 8.5 is really high considering how mean we can sometimes be. (laughs) (laughs) We've given really good dramas way lower than 8.5. Fair. Fair. (laughs) Okay. 8.5. Wow. It's weird to be done. It feels like Alchemy of Souls since we took like six months to watch it or something absurd. It feels like the end of an era. It does. It this might be our longest running drama between how many episodes there were to watch, the cadence with which we watched them, and taking breaks in between. I think the only one that's even remotely close is Goblin. We took a pretty substantial break in between. Yeah. Uh, like right in the middle when I had surgery. So I don't know if we count that break, but I assume so. It definitely affected our episodes. Yeah, yeah. Fair. Ooh, it's been such a long time since we just spent this much time with a drama. It's been real. It's been real, Alchemy of Souls. Thanks for hanging out with us. I almost feel, now that you've brought it up, I feel kind of emotional saying goodbye to all of the characters. Aww. Even if I wanted to fight half of them and (laughs) loved the other half unconditionally. (laughs) I... Love you for getting emotional, but you have to shut it down because Netflix will hear you and they will bring back a oh season two. Don't do a it. Real I won't season watch two. it. <laughs> I won't talk about it. I won't watch it. Raquel said she wanted more. I'm sorry. Excuse me? Raquel, the president of Netflix, wants more? <laughs> we will bring her more, I guess. Kill the duck again. <laughs> Ugh. Guys, stop. Stop killing Mudok. They're like, okay, now it's Jungkook and Mudok's daughter. Oh uh, god, no! And uh, Mudok died a terrible death related to being a woman. Oh no! Uh, I'm being too mean. The, the jo- I need to wrap up the jokes. I'm wrapping them up right now. The, we'll wrap them up. They were weird jokes. They weren't funny. Sorry, everyone. I thought they were funny. But I get you. We'll, we'll get off our feminist jokes. Um, we'll say goodbye to the show emotionally, but not so emotionally <laughs> that we attract Netflix. Goodbye. Everyone just be cool. <laughs> Everyone just be cool. Goodbye. Let us know what you thought of the show at playonkpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Also, uh, find our episodes and a place to sign up for newsletters that we haven't sent out in a while, but eventually. So like sign up or yeah, just links to our affiliates, links to our Patreon, all at playonk.com. And if you go to our Patreon, which is at patreon.com slash playonk this week and sign up for our 
happy award winner tier, you can vote on what we watch next. That's something that is a perk of that tier that you get every time we start a new drama. So get on there. Yep, we will be tossing that up this week. I'm really excited about the ones we're putting on the poll. So like literally any choice is a good choice, but you get a say if you sign up there. And you can find us on Instagram at Play on K Podcast, on Twitter or X now at Play on K, and on TikTok at Play on K underscore Emily. Yeah, the very freest way to help us out is to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to us, but especially Apple Podcasts helps other K-drama podcast listeners find us. We will see you next week with a brand new show. Yeah, K-bye. K-bye. Bye-bye.